This is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org. This is Dave Iverson. There have been a number of successes over the years in developing treatments for some of the symptoms of Parkinson's disease, but we've never been able to find a way to actually slow down or halt disease progression. It just keeps marching along, no matter the pills you take. In our next Third Thursday webinar, we'll find out whether we're finally getting closer to achieving the ultimate goal of stopping Parkinson's in its tracks. To get a preview, I sat down to talk with Fox Foundation CEO, Todd Scherer. I think over the last you know, 10 or 15 years, we certainly have had a number of peaks and valleys in our pursuit for disease-modifying treatments. Right now, I'm, I'm very excited because I feel like we're in one of the peak periods in terms of the innovation and the exciting science that has moved from the laboratory. And it's particularly exciting because I think we have a number of new avenues that are being explored based on our increased knowledge of the disease. So it's not just the same old approaches. We really have great potential in the clinic right now with these new ideas that are now maybe becoming reality relatively soon. At the forefront of those new approaches is figuring out a way to prevent or bust up the clumps of the sticky protein alpha-synuclein, which researchers think is responsible for triggering cell death in Parkinson's. The good news is that scientists have identified a variety of approaches to attack alpha-synuclein buildup, and several of those approaches are now being tested in the clinic. There are many different ways to target alpha-synuclein. And right now, we don't really know which might be the best way and most effective way for treating Parkinson's. So I think it's really um, exciting that we do have multiple approaches. We only need one of them to really work. So the more that we have being tested, the greater chances we have of that one breakthrough happening. The first step to finding the one that works is to make sure these new treatments are safe. So far, so good on that front. The next step, so-called phase three trials, is to determine whether they actually will work. Answers on that score hopefully coming in the next several years. Meanwhile, another approach to disease modification focuses on whether exposure to certain compounds actually decreases the risk of getting Parkinson's or inhibit its progress. Researchers are particularly intrigued when observational studies of those substances intersect with what we know about cell biology. A good example is what we're learning about the role calcium can play in Parkinson's. There's a researcher at Northwestern University whose name is Jim Surmeyer, who had done a significant amount of very elegant cell biology and neurophysiology to demonstrate that increased influx of calcium into a cell could lead to the degeneration of that cell, particularly the cells that are affected in Parkinson's, these substantia nigral dopaminergic neurons. So he had been very interested then in a laboratory sense to sort of uncover the role and impact that calcium channel blockers could have on that process. Could they protect the cells in relevant model systems of Parkinson's? Calcium channel blockers are commonly used to treat hypertension, and epidemiological studies have shown that people who take those drugs seem to get Parkinson's less frequently. The fact that research on cell biology provides evidence of why that might be true has helped push forward clinical trials testing this approach. Similarly, decreased risk for Parkinson's has also been observed in people who smoke and in people who have high levels of the antioxidant urate. 
So clinical trials testing the efficacy of wearing a nicotine patch or boosting urate levels are also now underway. But with all of these new advances, certain key challenges remain. So one of the challenges is that we actually aren't great at monitoring the progression of the disease in an objective way to then determine whether we've altered that progression. We still don't have a good yardstick for measuring Parkinson's beyond what a clinician can observe in the doctor's office. So we won't know for sure if we have a disease-modifying agent until we can really see what's going on. In a sense, the old adage applies. We'll only know it when we can see it. So I think in parallel to a lot of this work on really pushing these therapies forward, we really have to do a, a very detailed and rigorous job in optimizing how we're going about doing this testing so that we can really determine that if we have something here that is modifying the progression, we know it. But we are making a lot of progress in this area. And I think most importantly is that this has become a major area getting a lot of funding and attention from the research community. And it's very timely because we have such a robust pipeline of novel therapeutics that could be disease modifying. We wanna make sure we don't miss the boat and have something that might be effective, but that we just couldn't determine it. To learn more about the effort to slow down Parkinson's disease progression, join us for our next th Thursday webinar on October 15th. To register, visit michaeljfox.org webinars. I'm Dave Iverson. This is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org.